0: May I just extend my welcome as well to those who are joining us maybe for the first time today, um, for those who are joining us online this morning as well, Um, and we pray and hope that you will enjoy being with us um, as much as we enjoy uh, being with you this morning. There is tea and coffee after the service, do stick around, Um, don't rush off, Um, get involved in conversation. If you recognize anybody that you've not seen before, do go over and make them feel welcomed. We have been going through a, um, a, a sermon series looking at John's Gospel, um, Signs of Life. Um, today we move into, into chapter 6 of, of John's Gospel. If you're following in the Bibles that are in the pews, it's on page 1069, um, down at the bottom, and we're looking at the well-known story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. So we're going to be starting at John chapter 6, verse 1, and reading through uh, to verse 15. Page 1069, John chapter 6, beginning verse 1 and reading through uh, to verse 15. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Jesus then went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. We end our reading there and we ask God to bless his word to our hearts. What we're looking at today is a familiar story. Jesus feeding the 5,000. It's the only miracle other than the resurrection that we find in all four of the Gospels, it's an incredible story. Jesus takes five loaves and two fish and he manages to feed 5,000 men plus whatever women and children were there as well. And, and once he's done that, um, there's then 12 baskets of, of, of leftovers. We could get caught up in trying to explain how does God do this or try to figure out how God does this as if everything that God does has a human explanation. John doesn't tell us how Jesus did this, uh, but he does tell us what Jesus did. And, and, and when we look at the other Gospels, what we see is, is we can start to understand why all of this happens, um, what is going on here. Matthew's Gospel tells us that Jesus had just heard about the death of, of his cousin John, and, and Jesus wanted to go somewhere alone um, just to spend time in grief. Matthew's gospel adds to to that, sorry, Mark and Luke's gospel adds to that as well, that that the disciples had just been out and about in the the towns and the villages in the area. Jesus had sent them out um, to go and heal and cast out demons and they had just come back. And so Jesus wanted to take them aside as well um, from the busyness of everything to to get some time just to to reflect on everything that had happened and, and to rest. John doesn't tell us all of that, but he does tell us that when Jesus does go aside, when Jesus does get into the boat and and goes across to the sea, on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, a large crowd of people follow him. And when he arrives there, the large crowd of people have followed him. And, And John tells us why. He says that because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. They'd clearly come for more healing. They, they'd heard that this is a man who heals, and, and so they follow him to where he goes. And, and from, from the other gospels, we, we realize that what they want is more healing. Um, in Matthew and, and Luke's version, we, we read that, that Jesus heals more of the sick um, when, when they come along there. But then in John's gospel, Jesus takes his disciples aside, he takes them further up the mountain, but the people still follow. Jesus they still go where he is clearly these people wanted more of Jesus they'd experienced some of him but some wasn't enough they wanted more of him the thought of going back to their towns to their homes to their regular life didn't appeal to them as much as following Jesus to where he was and when Jesus sees them John tells us that his first concern is their hunger Mark says it's because he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And we live in a world where there are many people who are like sheep without a shepherd. And that's not a criticism, it's not a condemnation, it is, it is an observation that there are many lost sheep in the world today who are in need of a good shepherd. But these people came to Jesus because they knew that if they came to him, they could find a good shepherd. John tells us it's because they had seen signs that he had had performed by healing the sick. Mark 1 verse 28 tells us that news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. These These people who were like sheep without a shepherd knew about Jesus because either they had been witnesses to the power and the love of Jesus or they had been told about Jesus because people were talking about him. In Romans 10, verses 14 and 17, and this is the the message version of this passage because I think it, it just says it so beautifully and so clearly. Paul writes this, he says, but how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? Before you trust, you have to listen But unless Christ's word is preached, there is nothing to listen to. If people are to know that they can find compassion and love and acceptance in Jesus, if they are to know that Jesus meets them at their point of need, then doesn't it make sense that the responsibility for people to know that falls on the people of God? That we should be talking about Jesus. And that when we talk about Jesus and we talk about his people, when we talk about his church, that we're talking about the love and the compassion of Jesus. That we talk about how Jesus meets us at our point of need, how he feeds our hunger. So that when those who, who are lost realize that they are lost, and, and let's be honest, not every sheep that is lost knows that it is lost. It just thinks it is wandering in, in freedom. That is until the wolf comes along to kill it. But when they realize that they are lost, they will know where they can find a place of safety, a place of love, of compassion, of care and acceptance. They know where they can find the one who can feed their hunger. Why do people turn to Jesus in their time of need? Because they know about Jesus. Because they've heard about Jesus because people have spoken about Jesus. Tonight we'll be launching our next Alpha course that we're going to be running from the 17th of January next year. And the message that we're going to be bringing you tonight, and I'll bring it to you now as well, that is unless you are here today because you want to know more about Jesus before you commit your life to Him, or you're here today because you're, you're very new to your faith, unless you are one of those two types of people the Alpha course is not for you but what is for you is the responsibility to invite someone to the Alpha course how will they know about the Alpha course unless someone invites them how will they know about Jesus unless someone tells them these people have come in their thousands because they have seen and heard who Jesus is I find the next bit of the story really interesting Jesus asks Philip where they could buy bread to feed these people. John says that Jesus was testing Philip because Jesus already knew how he was going to feed them. So did Philip pass or fail the test? Looking at Philip's answer, I can only conclude that Philip failed that test miserably. If this was a written test, there would be a big fat zero next to Philip's answer with the words, did not answer the question. Because Philip doesn't answer the question. Jesus asks Philip, where can we buy bread? And Philip answered, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. And then Andrew comes along, and he arrives with this boy who has five loaves and two fishes, and he tells Jesus that the little that they have could never be enough. How far will they go among so many? But Jesus took the boys' lunch. He gave thanks for what they had, and then he proceeded to feed every person there. And here's what I found fascinating about that section. Philip's focus was on what they didn't have. They didn't have enough money. They could never have enough money to feed all these people. Andrew's focus is on what they do have, but how it could never be enough. These things we have, how far will they go? But Jesus' focus is on the people and their need. He sees them and he knows that he needs to feed them. They need to be fed. So Jesus says, bring to me what we have and I will show you that it will be enough. It might not have seemed like a lot, but even a packed lunch of a young boy was enough provision to feed so many. A number of years back when I was ministering in a different church, I was part of a leadership meeting to discuss um, the future vision of the church, the future direction of the church. And as part of those conversations, we did something that's called a a SWOT analysis, S-W-O-T. You you might be familiar with it. S-W-O-T stands for Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. And as we listed our strengths and our weaknesses, the person leading the conversation made an excellent point. He said that rather being tempted to look at our weaknesses and and, and find ways to improve them, we should be looking at what our strengths are and find ways to use them. Focus on what we do have rather than on what we don't have. Whether as a church community or as an individual follower of Jesus, how easily we can sell ourselves short on the things that we can do for God. Thinking that we don't have enough. We don't have enough skills. We don't have enough people. We don't have enough resources. We don't have enough talent. Whatever it is. How easily we can be distracted by what we don't have. What's missing. What we feel that we need to fill the gap. Rather than what we do have. And how we can use that. Here with only five loaves and two fishes, Jesus has enough of what he needed to meet the needs of these people. In the eyes of his disciples, it could, be, it could never be enough. But in Jesus' eyes, he could work with whatever the people were willing to bring him. And perhaps you're sitting here today, and you're thinking, there's nothing in my life that I could bring to Jesus. There is nothing that I have to offer him. Nothing to offer the life of this church. Nothing to do, nothing that I can bring to serve in this church or God's mission in the world. And perhaps you've been coming here for years. Perhaps you've struggled with ways um, to to find ways to serve in the church. Perhaps you've not even bothered because you can't see how or or why um, you could or should be involved in the life of the church. If I may use the metaphor from this reading you're sitting here thinking all I have is the small bag with loaves and fishes of what use could they be? Or maybe you're looking like Philip or maybe you're like Philip and you're looking at the need in the world today and you're simply thinking we don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. John is pointing us to Jesus. The sign, this miracle that he has performed How he has taken just a few loaves and a few fish and fed a multitude. This is the God who can take what you have to offer and make it meaningful and life-changing. Not just for yourself, but for a multitude of people. That's God's role. To use what you have to offer him to do the work he is doing. Our role is to understand that God has equipped us with the things we need the gifting, the resources, the skills, and the passion, and then to join in with what God is doing. And to do that, we need to focus on the things that we already have, not the things we don't have. No matter how little you might think it is, God can use it. And then, how does the story end? story ends with a legacy. After everyone had been fed, 12 baskets were filled with leftovers. There was even more than was needed for that group. There was more food for another time, for another place. The difference that is made when we join in with God, allowing Him to use the gifts that He has already given us will last far beyond ourselves, will last far beyond our own experience, maybe even for generations to come. Your invitation to someone to come to Alpha could have an impact that lasts way beyond the 10 weeks that Alpha runs for. It could have an impact on more than just that one person that you invite. It could stretch out into generations to come. You might never know the impact you could have on someone's life by being involved in serving in the life of this church. You don't know what a kind word what a difference that could make as you give somebody tea or coffee after the service. As you take out one of our, our, our bags of blessing to someone's door. As you stand up here and you be involved in worship and bring someone to that place of worship. You never know what the impact is that you could make on someone's life. And not just in their life, but maybe for generations to come. But by bringing nothing, by doing nothing, will make no difference at all, will have no impact at all. If you're here and you're thinking, I have such a little to offer, what I have, how far will this go? John is saying, look at this man, Jesus. He is the Son of God, and with him what seems impossible becomes possible. He can, in the words of Paul, do far more than we could ever ask or imagine he can do far more with what you have to offer him than you realize but only if you offer it to him when we look at the story of Jesus when we look at the multitude come and they want to be with him and they want to be where he is he moves up the mountain they don't go back to the towns they want to be where he is they go and they follow him. The story that follows this is Jesus walking on the water. Peter safe in a boat, but he wants to be where Jesus is. And these people know that if they are where Jesus is, they might be hungry, but he will feed their hunger. That is the man, the God, that John points us to. That is the sign that John gives us so that we might believe. And the sign is this, here is Jesus. And if you are hungry, whatever it is you hunger for, he will feed you. And he will feed you so that you are fulfilled. The reason there was leftovers was because people were full to the fullest. They didn't want more. They didn't need more. Jesus had filled them. Whatever it is that you are longing for, whatever it is that you are hungry for, Jesus is the one, the only one who can feed and fulfill that hunger today. Whatever it is that you have to offer him, he is the only one who can take what little you have and stretch it far beyond you could ever imagine. Far beyond just your own experience. Far beyond just the life of this church and the people in it. For generations to come. A legacy. That is the Jesus we meet in the story. That is the Jesus that John is pointing us today. So will you follow him? Will you go where he is so that he can feed your hunger? Will you offer what you have to give so that those who hunger can be fed? Let us pray. Jesus, we come to you to offer you what we have. We offer you ourselves. We offer you our gifts and our talents and our passions. We offer you our skills, the things that we can do with our hands, the things we can do with our minds, the things that we do that flow from our hearts. And we offer them to you today. Jesus, help us to be willing to do just that. Help us not to, to look at where the gaps are and, and, and what's not great and what we don't have, and what's missing, but let us rather see what we do have, and so that we can use that for your glory, and for your mission. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.